0: because you did not know the time of your visitation. This is the word of the Lord. I've had the great privilege on two occasions of my life to visit Israel, to visit the Holy Land, and to walk in the very places where Jesus walked. And one of the most moving experiences for me both times I visited was walking down the Mount of Olives into the city of Jerusalem, walking the very same path that Jesus took when he rode into the city on Palm Sunday so many years ago, the week before he would be crucified. Now, just to sort of paint a picture for you, when you walk down the Mount of Olives, it's very winding and very steep, and so you're really only paying attention to the footstep right in front of you, and you're not really looking out. But there comes a spot on the path where it levels off and it bends to the right just a bit, And in that moment, you look out and you can see the entire city of Jerusalem comes into plain view. And it's at this place, most likely, where most people believe that Jesus stopped and he looked out over the city and began to weep for Jerusalem. In fact, at that very site, there's a church built there, and it's called the Dominus Flevit Church, which is Latin for the Lord wept. And the church is shaped. It's so beautiful, the beauty of the architecture of this church. The church is shaped like a teardrop. And so when you walk in to worship, you, you, you feel like you're in the very tears of Christ. It's a beautiful thing. And in that church, at the communion table, there's a window. And interposed on that window is a cross. And when you look out that window, you see, you look at the cross as you look out over the whole city of Jerusalem. And you see the city the same way Jesus did, and that is with the cross in view. And you see you see the city the way Jesus did, and you remember that he wept for the city. He wept for the people that he loved so dearly, knowing the price he would have to pay to bring them peace. And, you know, both times I've been in that church has been a very powerful moment of personal worship for me because I don't know about you, but I find it comforting to know that Jesus wept. The fact that Jesus showed emotion, the fact that Jesus wasn't stoic in the face of pain, but he felt it. I mean, we follow a Savior who knows what it means to hurt. He can empathize with us in our pain. And there's something about that that brings me great comfort, but I find it even more comforting and more encouraging to know that Jesus weeps for you and for me. And I believe that Jesus, in this very moment, in this pandemic that we are struggling through right now, I believe that Jesus is weeping for us today and weeping with us. And the message of Palm Sunday for us this morning should give us great hope and should give us great comfort in these days and in the days ahead that Jesus loves us, that He cares for us, and that He wants peace in our lives. Now, the question I want us to consider this morning is why did Jesus weep for Jerusalem on Palm Sunday? And why and how does he weep for us today? And why and how does that comfort us in the moments that we're in? First thing I want you to see this morning, the first thing I want you to be comforted by this morning is this, that Jesus weeps because he cares for you. Another thing to say might be that Jesus weeps when we weep. Or Jesus, his heart breaks when our hearts break. We see in this passage why Jesus wept. It says, when he drew near to the city, he wept over it, saying that would you had known on this day the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. And listen to what he says in forty-three, verse 43. He says, for the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you. And they will not leave one stone upon another in you, because you did not know the time of your visitation. So let me explain a little of what's going on in this moment and at this point in the Scriptures. Jesus has entered into Jerusalem, and on this day, virtually every Jewish person that lived within walking distance of Jerusalem was there for Passover. And they were all there, and as Jesus was coming into the city, they were all waving palm branches, and they were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David, Hosanna in the highest. And Hosanna means, save us, please. And the people were saying, they were proclaiming that Jesus is the Messiah, that He's the Son of David, that they have been waiting for and longing for for thousands of years. And they're praising Jesus for his miracles and they're praising him for his teachings and they're praising him and they're asking him, saying, Save us, Lord, because they believed that he was the Messiah. But in their minds, the Jewish Messiah was the one who would come and deliver the people from their oppression and lead them to victory and power and honor. And the people of Israel at this time were under the authority of the Roman Empire at the time. And when they were praising Jesus and when they're saying, save us, Lord, they are saying, in essence, Jesus, save us from Rome. Defeat our enemy. And they were looking for Jesus to be a political Messiah that would defeat their enemies. But Jesus knew that that wasn't the kind of Messiah he was. He came to save them from something far greater than the Roman Empire. And this is one of the reasons, though, that I believe Jesus wept for his people. See, Jesus wept because he knew he wasn't the Messiah that they were hoping for. He knew he was better, but he wasn't the Messiah they were hoping for, and this grieved him. See, Jesus knew that in the years to come and in the years ahead for the people of Israel, that things would not go well. And this is what he's referring to when he says your enemies will surround you. See, Jesus knew that just 40 years later, the Romans would actually lay siege to the city of Jerusalem. They would kill many people and destroy the temple, the most sacred place in the whole world for the people of Israel. And Jesus wept for the people because he knew that the very thing that they wanted most, freedom from Rome, they would not get in their lifetimes. And they would actually even experience more oppression in the years ahead. And Jesus wept because he knew that they would soon be weeping. And he weeps with those who weep. And here we are today, many of us, our hearts are breaking. Many of us, the things we love dearly are being crushed right before our eyes. We're losing them left and right. Our routines, our jobs, our retirement plans, our health, our sense of freedom. And for several of you, you've already grieved the death of someone you love. We're losing so many things, and we're weeping for so many things right now. And you may be wondering where Jesus is, and you're wondering why this is all happening, and what is Jesus thinking. And here's what I'm convinced of this morning. Jesus is weeping with you today because His heart breaks when your heart breaks. Jesus weeps because He cares for you. And when you lose things that you desire and that you long for, it breaks his heart. And when your heart breaks, his heart breaks. Jesus weeps because he cares for you. But we also need to recognize that Jesus weeps for another reason, and that is that Jesus weeps because he wants you to have true peace. It says in verse 41, When he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it saying, Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace. Jesus wants us to have peace, and He wanted that for His people 2,000 years ago as well. And in their minds, what they thought they needed to experience peace was to be free from Rome and to have power. But Jesus knew that that is not what would bring real and true and lasting peace for the people of Israel. You see, political peace is good. Political freedom and victory is great, but it's always temporary because there will always be another threat and there will always be another enemy. And Jesus knew that what they needed was not political freedom and political peace. Jesus knew that what the people needed was spiritual peace Peace that could be present not in any circumstance. Peace that could be present even in the midst of their oppression. Peace that doesn't rely on circumstances to change, but peace that can flourish even in the midst of difficult circumstances. Spiritual peace. The peace of knowing that one can spend an eternity with God. The peace of knowing that their shame and their guilt could be removed completely. And the peace of knowing that even if in this life there was trouble, there is a kingdom that is coming where there's no war, where there's no enemies, where there's no suffering or bloodshed, and where every tear could be wiped from their eyes. Jesus said, I wish you had known on this day the things that make for peace. See, they thought peace would come through political victory and through political power. And they thought that this is what Jesus would co- accomplish as the Messiah, but Jesus weeps over them and says, "I wish, I just wish you knew that I came to accomplish something so much greater than what you're thinking brings you peace." And the same is true for you and me. Where does our peace come from? What are we looking in for? What are we looking to for peace? You know, many of us have often thought that we will find peace if we can attain the right job, that if we can find the right relationships, or we can have the right status, that we would be at peace. But here we are, we find ourselves at a moment in history where everything, all of that is being disrupted, and our sense of peace is being tested. All the things that we have leaned on for peace in our lives are being disrupted right before our eyes. Jesus wants us to have a peace that surpasses understanding. Jesus wants us to have a peace that can flourish in any circumstance, not one that is reliant upon our circumstances. Jesus is talking about a peace that can hold up and be strong in the midst of a pandemic when our lives are being upended. And this pandemic that we're living in is exposing that many of the things we have trusted in in our lives to bring us peace can be taken from us in a moment. Our jobs, our health, our routines, the people we love. Even our lives, our very own lives, can be taken in a moment. And Jesus says, though, I'm, I want to bring you a peace that no pandemic can take away. I want to bring you a peace that can flourish in the midst of crisis and in times of loss. Peace that surpasses understanding. Jesus weeps because he wants you and me to know this peace. But Jesus also wept, and he weeps, and he wept for Jerusalem. Jesus weeps because he knows the cost of that peace. I think that perhaps the primary reason that Jesus wept on that hillside as he overlooked Jerusalem is the same reason that he would weep just a few days later in the Garden of Gethsemane. See, in the Garden is where Jesus wept because he knew he would have to endure crucifixion on a cross Jesus knew that his death on the cross was the only way that we could have true and lasting peace, peace that surpasses understanding. You see, our greatest enemy in this life is not Rome. It's not COVID-19. Our greatest enemy is our sin. Sin, you know, that's a word that religious people use but rarely define. Sin is that which has separated us from God our disobedience, our shame, our guilt. We all feel it. We can't escape it. And none of us are worthy of the acceptance of God. We know this deep down. We all feel this deep down in our bones. In fact, the scriptures say that we're all deserving of judgment. The wages of sin is death, the scriptures say. But the good news of the gospel is that Jesus made a way, a way where our sin could be paid for, without us facing God's judgment. Jesus took our place. The scriptures say the wages of sin is death, but it says the gift of God is eternal life. And how does that come? You see, the cross that Jesus died on was my cross, and it was your cross. See, Jesus took our place, and that is what gives us confidence and joy and peace. See, at the crucifixion, Jesus, the innocent one, the one who healed the sick, clothed the poor, fed the hungry, Jesus, the only one who has ever lived a perfect life free from shame or guilt or sin. He took the sin of the world on his shoulders, yours and mine, and he was nailed to the cross with your sin and mine. Isaiah 53 says that Jesus was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon Him, and by His wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on Him the iniquity of us all. Colossians 1 says, For in Christ all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through Him to reconcile to Himself Himself. All things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. You see, through the cross, Jesus has defeated all of our enemies, and now nothing can separate us from the love of God. COVID-19 cannot separate us from God. Unemployment cannot separate us from the love of God. A bear stock market cannot separate us from the love of God. Even our sin cannot separate us from the love of God. And because Jesus rose from the dead and defeated death, even death cannot separate us from the love of God because of the cross of Christ. Jesus endured our cross, the cross that we deserve, so that we could be free from that from all of it, and so that we could find true peace. And so when Jesus looked out over Jerusalem, I imagine that one of the reasons he wept is because he knew the price he would have to pay to bring about that peace. He knew the price he would have to pay to bring the peace to the people he loved the most. It would cost him his life. It would would cost him bearing the sin and the shame of the world on his shoulders in one moment. But through his tears, he courageously stood up and walked the journey set before him. He courageously did what only he could. The scriptures say, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Listen, our world is looking for peace today. And on this Palm Sunday, I want to tell you where true peace is found, where eternal peace is found. And it is found in one man. It's found in Jesus. And whether you've been a Christian for your whole life or whether you're hearing about Jesus for the first time right now, the peace that passes understanding, the peace that can endure a pandemic, and the peace that Jesus offers is found in only one way. You know, on Palm Sunday, people shouted, Hosanna, rescue us, save us. The question for us is how can we be rescued and saved? How can we have peace in these days and in the days ahead? I think we find it in the way that the author of Hebrews told us. By looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Romans 10 tells us how we can be saved and how we can find peace. It says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Church, we are looking, we are longing for peace in these days of crisis. And the way to find peace is the way it always has been, and that is through Jesus, who through His death, burial, and resurrection has made peace possible for you and me. So come to Him, trust Him with your life, and He will give you the peace that surpasses understanding. Let's pray. Almighty and everlasting God, in your love for us, you sent your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, to become like us and to suffer death upon the cross, giving us the example of his great humility. Give us mercy to walk in the way of suffering and also share in his resurrection. We pray through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit,